This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. In order to advance racial equity, there is work for white people and people of color to do together and separately. The Project Sanctus Affinity Groups provide safe spaces for people to work within their own racial and ethnic groups. Join us every first and third Wednesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Zoom for brave, vulnerable conversations and for building culture through engaging embodied practices. For more details and registration, visit ProjectSanctus.com. Exploring the healing and culture-building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Welcome to With Love and Justice for All, our podcast. And it's we're recording right now Friday, so today is our headlines. Um, Today's oh, Saturday, with, by the way. I don't know. Today's which, Saturday. I don't, I don't know where you okay, are. Should I start over? Because we usually do it Friday. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I think it's now become a habit that there's always <laughs> some little ish thing. Did you lose? But did welcome you, to With Love and Justice for All, you, whatever you, day it is. Whatever day it is. Did you lose a day? Do we, do we need did. to check up on you? I did. I did lose a day. Uh, I actually spent all day. So we're recording Saturday. I spent all day Friday thinking it was Saturday. So gotcha. yes, I lost a day somewhere. Anyway, this is the place where we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression in all its forms, um, fostering liberation, and especially the uh, the challenges that do arise for spiritual seekers as well as spiritual communities. So we first want to thank all of our listeners and subscribers here that we know that we are global uh, in the USA, in Brazil, in Canada. And there was, I think there was a Germany last week. We were, there was a couple other countries um, that were, had also been listening in. So that's exciting to me that people are yeah. listening all over. Um, it's a good show today. I'm excited about, I know some of the, a lot of the headlines are not good news because we, we, we want people to know what's going on in the world, especially in the U.S. around, you know, uh, human rights violations. Um, especially when it comes to race and gender uh, and ableism. And there's also, we try to include some good news. So I'm I'm enjoying the thought of when we get to that part. But first, what do we have for us, Reverend Uh, Hogan? But but first, um, let me apologize in advance if you hear any background noise, like a lot of clattering and a lot of roosters. Um, I am in I am I am in Barbados. Talk about being global. I am in Barbados visiting family, and as most tropical places go, it is not quiet. There's there's a, there's a lot of vibrancy in both the flora and the fauna, and uh, yeah. So if you hear roosters crowing in the background, because that whole thing about roosters crowing just at dawn is a myth. They crow all day long. <laughs> And yes, also at dawn when you're trying to sleep. So, you know, there's there's that. Apologizing in advance. But anyways, um, you are welcome to join in on the conversation. If you happen to catch us when we... There he goes. Did you hear it? There he goes. I if did. You happen I to, did. If you happen to catch us recording live, um, we usually say it's Tuesdays and Fridays at... Uh, what is it? 3 p.m. Eastern? Um, Ish. Ish. Um, and... <laughs> yes. As we know from today's recording, it's on Saturday. So if you happen to catch this recording live on Facebook, you can join in um, in real time um, and leave um, questions or comments in the chat. 
um our handle is at get our holy on you can also hit us up on instagram there you can call and leave a voicemail if there's some things you want to discuss at 413-438-4659 that's 413 get holy um couple quick announcements of some things we got coming up before the end of the year on wednesday sorry thursday thursday me and the days too thursday december 1st from 2 to 4 p.m eastern we're doing a, a quick workshop called from privilege to power this is in cooperation with uh, Unity Canada, and this is a conscious anti-racism workshop in which we are looking at privilege and our identities and and kind of really looking at privileges as a, as a point of access and really a point of power to bring about change. So uh, you can visit Unity of Canada online, I think is, I don't know what their website is, unicanada.org. I don't know, just Unity Canada. Uh, Google them. And I think we also maybe have a link in our webpage as well and in our newsletter. Um, so that's Wednesday, December 1st. On December 3rd, we're doing our second installment of Talking to Your People. That's 10 to 2 p.m. Eastern time. Um, we know holidays are coming up. Uh, and, you know, uh, with uh, you know who just announcing that he's going to run again. Um, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be some some fun political discussions around your holiday table. Um, how do you properly equip yourself for those? We're we're there. We're here to help you out with uh, talking to your people. We'll give you some, uh, um, a, some a game plan. And again, this game plan is about being right. This game plan is about how do we engage in conversation with loved ones who may not necessarily agree with my stance, but we stay connected, we stay engaged with each other, and we don't create further divisions. Um, these are also useful tips for your workplace, for your spiritual community, or anywhere, mm -hmm. so that we're just not uh, either getting into dire conflicts, or we're just, or we're not bypassing and avoiding the conversations. Um, these are these are legit ways to stay connected with folks we don't agree with. So come check that out, um, and save the date in fact you can register now i think registration is up for yes. our new 846 book club selection called american detox the myth of wellness and how we can truly heal by uh carrie kelly and that will be on starting on january 10th um it'll run through the february 7th tuesday evening 7 30 to 9 30 p.m eastern and it's really looking at how the wellness industry is really just propping up systems of injustice, you know, like capitalism and ableism and uh, class separation and all those things. So, and we know that the wellness um, wellness industry and the spiritual spiritual industry. Do we have an industry? The spiritual world. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It well, you know, it's spiritual self help. Yeah, spiritual self-help yeah. world. Uh, there's there's a lot of overlap there um, yep. as well. So we might be thinking we're engaging in some wellness slash spiritual practices and we're inadvertently propping up some systems. So uh, come check that out. And Carrie Kelly at some point will appear on our podcast as a guest and also drop in on the book club. So you don't want to miss that. So head over to projectsanctus.org, click the events tab and you'll see uh, more information on all these things um and all these opportunities that we have um so let's let's jump in today's episode is entitled mormon mormons for marriage and yes. other headlines mormons for marriage so in case you missed it uh senate let's start with let's start first by saying the senate um advanced a bill to protect same-sex marriage to codify same-sex marriage into federal law some of you are probably thinking, wait, didn't didn't we resolve this already? Didn't we, you know, back ten years in, ago? <laughs> yeah, is it? It was a ten, no, it was twenty. It was twenty fifteen, actually. I remember this is. The oh, same I thought year. it was twenty twelve. Yeah, this is the same year Jennifer died. Um, I remember. Mm -hmm. um, and so twenty fifteen, the uh, basically case came before the Supreme Court, and they decided that hey, you know what, same sex marriage legal across the country. Um, but it was built on the same idea of the privacy concept on which like Roe v. Wade was built, on which interracial marriage mm. was decided. And recently with the overturn of Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court, um, um, our favorite Supreme Court member, Clarence Thomas, um, said, we need to look at these other things as well. Same-sex marriage um, he can, and, and other things like that. He conspicuously left out interracial marriage because we right. kind of sort of know why. Um, but um, 
what the, I guess, um, Democrats decided to do was uh, let's take advantage of um, or or let's let's really lay our cards on the table and get clear about where people are by now codifying these into federal law, the ones that are still existent. So like same-sex marriage and maybe they'll do interracial marriage too, but I think same-sex marriage um, was a little more uh, precarious because um, it's more recent. Right. So um, and there's more opposition to that on, you know, I would say fake moral grounds um, than there is for interracial marriage, um, because, you know, marriages between a man and a woman may not be the same race, but we'll give you a pass for that. Most people, but but people of right, the same. Yeah. Gender get married. You got the you, other part. You got the other part. Right. Right. Exactly. But but two men, two women get married. No, no, we can't. We can't have that. We can't have that. So anyway, so Senate uh, created the bill. They advanced it um, and it passed in a 62 to 37 vote. I think there were 12 Republican senators that said we will support this. So you need to, again, note there were 37 U.S. senators who said we do not want to codify same-sex marriage into federal law. In essence, saying we are against this. Um, more than one third. More than one third. Um, interestingly enough, one of the people who voted against it was Mitch McConnell. And again, the excuse they're using is, you know, um, the what the, the premise upon, upon which it was built, Roe v. Wade, uh, was the same premise that undermined Roe v. Wade. So therefore, we have to continue to support that premise, which also means that interracial marriage could be in danger. And he is also in an interracial marriage. So it's, it's just curious. It's fascinating when they decide to vote against it. A thing, by the way, which is basically already settled in culture. When you take different polls, yes. many as 70% of the people in the United States are like, same-sex marriage, sure. We got no problem with that anymore. We're fine with that. Um, so some senators have been voted against it. Right. And which which is uh, um, just kind of, I mean, there's a lot of things disturbing about who's in <clears throat> in office and what positions, but I, but how to be that out of touch with, like, here's what most of America says. So, yep. you know, can you get on board a little? Exactly. And, and surprisingly, who got on board was the Mormons. The leaders yes. of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints announced yeah. their support for the Respect for Marriage Act. This is what this bill is called, yeah. the Respect for Marriage Act. And they mm -hmm. were like, yeah. Um, yeah, they they the, have a... Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to read a, a quote. The church stated, um, this bill... And I quote, includes appropriate religious freedom protections while respecting the law and preserving the rights of our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. And it's therefore the way forward for the nation to address the topic. So, huh, good for them. Yeah. I guess. Well, they, and yes, and good for everybody. Um, although they weren't um, the Mormon church or the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, um, <clears throat> which just as a little, Sidebar, educationally, um, it's really, I oftentimes, in the interfaith work I do, I often find members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um, prefer not to be called Mormons. Oh, um, I did not yeah. know that. Okay. Yeah, it's sort of, um, it's, yeah, it's just not, um, it's not really inclusive because the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, like many religions, has, you know, different threads, has different mm. um you know, it's not it's not a monolith. Gotcha. Um, so so the most important follow up question I have for that is, does that mean we need to change our episode title? <laughs> oh, well, maybe um, I'm sure I'm sure there are more important questions, but there there are. I'm... But it's not. And again, but it's also not not necessarily um, it's not it not it's not everybody. I just pointing okay. to the, the you know, it's not a monolith kind of thing. But anyway, um, just to keep in mind um, and one reason, too, is because how often there's been uh, an enormous amount of persecution of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, yes. um, you know, for centuries and not and not, you know, well, um, some of it not. We all, we all have our. Well, I was just going to say we all have our dark history. You know, every yeah. every faith tradition has its, you know, anything pushed to an extreme falls apart. And yeah. and and LDS is not any different. That being said, 
Um, it actually, so one example is actually right here in Missouri, um, where I am is there were the Mormon wars that, um, you know, were in the beginning of the 19th century for, for several years, but Missouri eventually passed a law that said you could shoot a Mormon on site if you saw them. Like, Are you serious? Just, yeah, I'm serious. Wait, oh, shit. Just, Wait, what year was this? To, Wait, what? So this, that law was put on the books, I, I believe, 1840, 1841, wow. um, as the Mormon Wars were coming to a close. However, as we know in culture, things stay. So you want to take a guess when that, that law was taken off the books? Um, two years ago. No, not far, 1976. Okay. Okay. So was, up until was... 1976, gotcha. you could shoot. Uh, you could you could shoot a Mormon on site. So um, wow. anyway, I know. Um, so they but they have a history of of working against same sex marriage of working yeah. against LGBTQ. And it was always a, you know, a very moral issue and that, um, you know, traditional gender roles of men and women and even within the church, there are, you know, within the family within the church within society, there are defined gender roles. The thing and and they put millions of dollars into um, um, into you know creating a, a quasi manifesto in um, create you know really pushing you know the agenda and the belief of a marriage is a man and a woman and and mm -hmm. opposing same sex marriage. Um, the thing about it though is that. Um, uh, uh, even, you know, and in, investing heavily in state and, and other, like in California's Proposition 8 back in 2008, that, um, you know, they put a lot of money, they invested heavily in that, which was a proposition to ban LGBTQ unions. But what happened is over time, um, there's the way that the church, that, that LDS church works is, um, they, they, um, their leadership sort of emerges, and this is very rough, emerges out of discernment. So whoever is the leader, the, the, the saint um, that you would say, or the, you know, the voice for the church emerges out of, you know, a group of men. Um, and so what's happened over time is, is actually now, as you read at the beginning, adopting the language of religious literacy. So their theological tenets, their theological teaching still says um, a man and a woman. However, recognizing as they, you know, different leaders have come forward over the decades, they've actually evolved. Um, well, evolved yes. in the sense in the sense that not trying to spend $40 million to push forward an anti LGBTQ agenda. Now, now what will be interesting is you're right their doctrine um still remains the marriage between a man and a woman their doctrine still um rejects homosexuality so what'll be interesting is that will so it seems it seems a little bit what's the word i want it seems a little bit like uh contradictory um you know we're we're not gonna we're not gonna um, oppose this in terms of of like a societal idea, societal ideal, societal acceptance. Um, but at the same time, we are also not pro same sex marriage um, as as a as a faith, as a movement. What'll be interesting is if they will either allow or or sanction their own members who are gay deciding if they want to be married will we see same-sex marriages performed in a mormon church by a mormon leader that's that for me i don't know that that's going to happen so so i'm not giving them i'm not giving them full full credit here partial partial credit well given the yes um i i actually think it will there will come a time um the millennials who uh, Sixty percent of millennials within LDS oppose um, the anti-LGBTQ. And um, if the uh, Methodists are any example, that might be mm -hmm. the thing that happens. Um, the Methodist Church, basically the global Methodist Church, not just the U.S. Methodist Church, 
the global Methodist church basically split over this issue. Yes. Um, around same-sex marriage, around ordaining same uh, um, homosexual um, ministers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Priests, are the priests in the Methodist church? I don't remember. Ministers, reverends, clergy. Let's go with clergy. That's Pastor. kind of a nice, nice all-encompassing word. Uh, so the right reverend exactly uh so here in the u.s i know for sure the the methodist church has split along those yes. lines and they're they're yes. in the process of you know unraveling from each other and deciding what they're gonna how things are gonna look but but yeah it's quite possible that this may be what happens with uh the latter-day the saints mormon as church. well Yep. Yeah. Well, I, and they, they I thought we couldn't um, say Mormon. Can we say Mormon? Can't we say Mormon? I'm all confused. Um, <laughs> you put yes the idea no. in my head and now I'm tripping over I my did. words. I know. <laughs> well, we're always upgrading our vocabulary, right? The okay. um I think I think the evolution will continue because there was um if you recall last year at Brigham Young University, the valedictorian yes. in his graduation speech said he was proud to be a gay son of God. Yes. Um, yes, yes. And then they lit up on the on the mountainside, the Y. Um, they lit that up with rainbow colors. Yeah. Um, so I think I and I have I have a couple of friends that I, you know I'm close with in interfaith work that are um, not just members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, but you know very active. You know, take very active roles in within the, the church community and families. And um, I, because there's such a cognitive dissonance for me, I'm like, uh, how do you, theology over here says no, but yet now you're, but yet you tell me, cause she has family members. She's mm. got child, nieces, nephews. And, but how do you say they're welcome to come to church? Right. But yet you, exactly. um, so uh, yeah. But I, but to me, um, yes, it's a step and there's more to come, but the fact that they've gotten to this point, I think if you, if you know the, yeah, that is something that, that is is something to be acknowledged, something to be supported as well. Uh, keep the revolution going. Speaking, speaking of revolution support for the LGBTQ community, uh, the U S soccer team, um, is showing support for the community, um, by using a rainbow-themed logo at their training mm-hmm. facility in Qatar as they're preparing for uh, the World Cup, which is starting imminently. Um, if you're wondering why this is a huge deal, is basically because uh, same-sex relationships are illegal um, in, in Qatar and much of in many Middle Eastern nations. Um, so this is... Uh, yeah, this is this is sort of highlighting highlighting that issue, um, and there's there's concern in in the country around you know both fans and athletes um, who are part of the LGBTQ community traveling to um, Qatar for the World Cup. Um, in case you don't know, the World Cup is the biggest sporting event of the planet, um, and it goes on for a month. Yeah, it happens every was every four years, I think. Um, and and yes, it, it it lasts it lasts a whole month. So it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be it's a huge boon for the economy, for tourism, all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so so it always becomes an issue when it's held in you know countries that have issues. Um, the other thing that they did was um, the the authorities in Qatar, they banned alcohol from the stadiums where the games were being played um, after saying that they would have loved it at first. Alcohol also illegal in many Middle Eastern uh, Muslim countries. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Now, in principle, the last thing you need is tens of thousands of drunk soccer fans not being happy right. with the outcome of a game. So I, on principle, I'm not upset with that. Um, but um, but it's 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 fascinating to to see when you are hosting an event for a sport that is a world sport and you have fans coming from all over the world of different cultural leanings of different you know religious beliefs and philosophies how does it feel to basically impose your standards on them so it's a it's an it's an interesting thing but good for the u.s team for Saying, uh, yeah, we gonna we gonna be who we be, uh, regardless of where we are. 
And well, the other thing, the other thing that's getting pointed to, it's not just the, you know, the LGBTQ, but it's also the, the rampant poverty and, um, you know, the classism. So Qatar is one of the wealthiest countries in the world. Yes. And yet they have, they have hired mass quantities of immigrants to build the uh, arenas, but, and the, the, all these workers are, um, they're not getting paid. They wait around for months to get paid. Um, they're not hardly being fed. They're living in squalor, um, but yet Qatar is able to spend billions to build, you know, these arenas. Um, so it's also pointing to, um, you know, in terms of human rights, there's the LGBTQ um, um, issue, but there's also a, I'm hoping that that shines, you know, an expanded light on the, the, um, uh, abuse of not even treating workers not you know not getting paid not a living wage barely anything to eat and living in you know squalor would be a nice way to say it yeah um speaking of athletes in non-lgbtq supportive countries um britney griner um, the wnba star um, has been transferred to a penal colony in uh, Western Russia. To recap, it's been, I mean, we're going on, has it been a year yet? No, it's been 200 and some days since she was um, arrested at the airport in Russia for a, a, a just insanely small amount of hashish oil. I believe is what it is what it was. Um, right. um, uh, vape cartridges basically containing cannabis. Um, um, but anyways, uh, the uh, so she was arrested, she was detained, and she was sentenced to nine years um, in this in this penal colony. Um, once again, um, she is Brittany is is gay, and this is a very unfriendly to gay folk um, country. Um, and to recap, part of the reason why she was there in the first place is many um, female athletes in the U.S., especially basketball players, make criminally less than the male basketball players. So in order to basically make, make enough money, they go play in overseas leagues. And many of the Russian billionaires and plutocrats, they, they own teams and pay right. uh pay or female basketball players sometimes 10 times or more as much as they would be earning they earn in the US um so there is some some suspicion that she's basically being used as a political pawn um in 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 Russia's war against Ukraine since the US supports uh, Ukraine um and yeah and it doesn't even though the Biden administration is continually in talks it does not look like um, we're going to see her released anytime soon. And it's just a sad state of affairs. And again, a thing that we don't still hear about a lot in the news, unless there's some big change um, in her uh, situation. Well, yeah, I mean, you can tell just she doesn't pop up in the news. No, you know, hardly at all. Um, yeah. It did this time because she was being moved, but um, nine years nine years uh, in, a, in a penal colony now uh you know what it's not that's not really any different nothing much has changed they're they're the gulags that stalin used pretty, um, pretty yes yes they're, they're the same locations um i think um political prisoners or pr russian political dissenters definitely have it worse there um because you know they're trying to uh, recondition them um, but it does not mean that this is any preferred uh, situation or preferred or preferred treatment. Um, and it's 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 very sad um, what's happening with her. Yeah, so, my my fear is that just going to keep disappearing off further and further off the radar. Yes, 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 it is. Um, I think um, I think from now on. Um, are all our headlines good news? Oh, we got to talk about Georgia a little bit first. Oh, Georgia, Georgia. But this is actually kind of good news in in Georgia. We, I mean, unbelievably, we're gonna have a runoff between Raphael Warnock and um, what's his name, Herschel Walker. Oh my God, did you just did you see the whole? He 
he was given a speech at a rally and just went off on this whole tangent around a horror movie he was watching about werewolves. Yes, <laughs> yes, and being a vampire or being a werewolf, oh like what, like uh, what? It's it's yeah. it's a it's a whole thing. But um, some good news coming out of there actually is that um, the. Um, um, the Democrats had to sue in order to allow voting to happen on a Saturday there. Mm. And they won and they won the lawsuit because again, voter suppression is still a thing. And, you know, in, in, in particularly in Southern states, there's a, there's a lot of push around um, voting on weekends and like on Sundays where they can, you know, church folk can get, you know, um, bust and put in the ban and taken to the polls. Cause many of these people wouldn't have the opportunity to go, uh, get themselves to the polls otherwise and we're speaking about um generally older black people so um so they want because of the run when the runoff is happening they wanted to be able to open up saturday uh for voting and of course the establishment um republican establishment did not want to do that so there was a lawsuit because there's really nothing in the voter um laws that said you can you can have it then so so they won. So that's sort of yeah. good news, but good news buried in the fact that there's got to be a runoff between right. perhaps one of our best senators and someone who just has no right to be there at all. And I mean, okay, yes, he's an American, so technically he has a right to be there. But in terms of, you know, there's no skills. Skill set, intelligence, <laughs> coherence. Uh, yeah, you know, integrity. what exactly do Georgians think he's going to do while in, he's sitting in? Yeah, you know, like nothing, not not nothing, nothing there. Uh, so, um, um, so yeah, so <sighs> yeah, Georgia, and as we mentioned, I think last time we recorded this, um, Democrats did hold on to control of the Senate. So this win for the Democrats isn't essential for them to hold on to power. It will make their life a little bit easier. And also, we don't need Herschel Walker in the Senate. <laughs> uh, so hopefully, um, voters will not be just disengaged and turned off and not show up to the poll because they say, oh, but it doesn't matter right. now. You know, the Senate Senate is decided already. So let's no. not go through the trouble of voting again. Please, please don't do that. Right. It's not it's you. not about control of the Senate. It's about who's going to serve you in the years to come. OK, who's, well, like, you know, let's start let me, thinking. I mean, uh, it could be, yes, control of the Senate, but is who's going to be in service to you? Who actually knows the job? Who's, you know, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter for some people. And by some people, I mean, Republicans. I guess so. it doesn't matter. What matters is control of the Senate because they know they all vote along party lines when things come up. Democrats are the only folk who don't just vote along party lines. Looking right. at looking at you, West Virginia dude and uh Christian Cinema from Arizona, right? They're, you know, they have their own what they claim is um looking out for our constituents, but it's really their own personal agendas. Um right. so anyways, um, but Republicans will vote along party lines. We'll give them that. So for them, it is about just control of the Senate. It doesn't matter who's there um so yeah well i'm talking to georgia voters whoever's listening from georgia yeah if you got friends and family think in georgia, think, yes, think it forward matters. forward it matters. think ahead <laughs> it matters it matters who's there boy does it matter um let's transition into some more good news that's going on in the world um oh this one this is another good southern state news a judge strikes down the higher education portions of Ron DeSantis' Stop Woke Act. Uh, yeah. This is important. So the Stop Woke Act um, is, is this agenda being pushed by the GOP in Florida to limit what can be taught about, about race, about sexuality, um, all that sort of stuff. And it and they were trying to implement that at the university level. And a judge said, no, no, no. I mean, you know, it's crazy enough that you want to do it at the elementary school level. Um, and I yeah. heard, you know, I just heard a real good podcast. Uh, you remember Audie Cornish from NPR? Yeah. Yeah. She's on CNN now and she has a, okay. she has a new podcast. Um, and um, her first episode was around um, 
interviewing some um, some women from the Moms for Liberty or whatever that like right wing trying to get re uh, Republican moms on the school boards across the country, that whole organization, which is which is a right mess. And it's it was fascinating to listen to them do their best to justify their actions without showing us that that they're racist and anti anti-lgbtq right. it's just just fascinating to watch them tie themselves into knots um to say these things to say like yes our elementary school children they should not be having conversations around sexuality in the classroom that's for home and they're like and we're not against them being taught history we're not against them being taught slavery of course we taught slavery what we're against is teachers coming in with their own private agendas um, in regards to that, we don't need them bringing in. Wait, stuff wait, from wait! The Can you spell hypocrite? Project. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> I'm like, are you listening to yourself? No, as you're saying these no. things aloud. Yeah. So, so anyway, so a judge struck him down, and it was beautiful because he opened. He opened. The judge opened his statement, striking this down by quoting George Orwell's 1984. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's 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 good, good stuff. Um, so well, the and the lawyer, the lawyer that's uh, for DeSantis, that's trying, that's uh, they're going to appeal, of course. Of course. Um, he says, he says, I, I don't like the one of the like right in the first five words of a sentence. He says the Stop Woke Act protects the open exchange of ideas. I'm like, wait, what? So he says protects the open exchange of ideas by prohibiting. So in the same sentence, open exchange yeah. and prohibit, uh, prohibiting teachers or employers who hold agency over others from forcing discriminatory concepts on students as part of classroom instruction. Um, it, I it just, I'm like, wait, can, again, can you hear yourself? Yeah. You know. Um, and he says an open-minded and critical environment necessitates one that is free from discrimination. So which is so so basically we want an open-minded critical environment but here's the things we can't say right so how is that open-minded how is that critical and and more and more we get reports from from teachers in florida who said the laws are so vague that it leave basically leaves open to interpretation any unhappy parent to to sue and yep. file a com complaint um yeah. And it's kind of ridiculous. So at least, at least at the uh, higher education level, you know, there's one judge saying, "Yeah, but this is the point of higher education to have these discussions, right? right. I mean, it's the point of school in in general. This is the place where you have these discussions. Uh, so, so yeah, there's a uh, you can have yeah, you can have an open minded conversation if you stick to these topics. Exactly. <laughs> Yes, you're open in this small room. You can go wherever right, you want yeah. in this small room. <laughs> Within this little box. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> what else what else is happening in good news? Um, well, there's a um uh a gentleman, um, first black man to enroll at the United States Naval Academy was honored with a monument in South Carolina. Nice. Of all places, South Carolina. James Henry Conyers broke the color barrier when he became the first African-American to enroll at the U.S. Naval Academy in 1872. And a mere 150 years later, um, he was, on, I know, he was honored. There was, yeah, I know. I feel, I feel like whenever there's good news, there's a bit of bad that comes with it. I, I know, I really should just focus on the positive. He was honored with a monument in South Carolina, which I think, you know, is a big deal. Like, think about it, a monument for uh the first african-american to enroll in a u.s naval academy um and um not you know would be one when you listen to it let's say it happened in new york but here versus south carolina i think that's a big deal in south carolina um it's sort it, of like when the midterm elections when kentucky you know voted to you know um overturn mm -hmm. you know to make abortion legal like yes. that's there's this cognitive dissonance so it is good news it is um, very good news and it is good news because because representation matters and we need more yes. statues of of amazing black people and amazing brown people yes, um, yes. as well yes. especially especially in the south where 
as people forget, most of the statues of the uh, Confederate quote unquote heroes, really traitors, um, most of those statues went up way after the Civil War was done. Um, and and many of them were were um, erected as a as really a form of intimidation um, as as well. So so to get yes. so to, yeah. so, to, so representation even even in the even in the world of statues matters. Yeah, um, he uh, he um, he was honored not just for being the first one to to be to enroll in the United States Naval Academy, but for paving the way. You know, it was these long after. Um, and, you know, because of his being enrolled, breaking down barriers, um, you know, didn't happen all at once. But in 1872, which just gotten out of the Civil War, um, he, you know, reconstruction, he, he, you know, started to make a way mm -hmm. so that uh, I guess since then as uh, 2,500 um, African-Americans have graduated from the Naval Academy. But nice. um, yeah. It is good news. He died in 1935, um, which was just 14 years before Wesley Brown would make history as the Naval Academy's first black graduate in 1949. Mm. And again, not that long ago. We say these no. dates and they feel a long time ago. They were not a long time ago at all, yeah. um, which, yeah. you know, sometimes is scary. Um um, also, in some other good news, um, there's a program that is delivering farm fresh food for school lunches um, in in Michigan. Is that in Michigan? Am I reading that right? Um, yeah, I think so. I think that's what I read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep, in Michigan, near near uh, Lansing. Yes. So there's a there's there's now there's an increasing expansion of farm to school programs include states like California, Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, Nebraska, Maryland, uh, Vermont, Virginia, Wyoming. Um, it's an expanded network. And a lot of this, again, is we got to feed our kids healthier foods. Mm -hmm. And um, again, so much of the reason that there have been unhealthy school lunches is because they've been cheap. And they've been cheap because capitalism. Let's yep. let's let's make bad foods. Let's not charge a lot for them, and we will increase our profits at the expense of children's health. It's interesting. There's a push for that happening here in Barbados. I've been driving around and seeing these signs that uh, talk about how 31% of basically elementary age school kids here in Barbados are what they classify as obese um and i was like that's a lot that's like almost a third mm -hmm. uh, of kids um and part of it's because kids aren't eating healthy at school so um, right <clears throat> well and we know that 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 part of part of the the gap in uh you know in socioeconomic status also includes you know um you know impacts healthcare, which is also around food and we we know the food apartheid that that goes on in um cities and rural areas the you know access to having not having access to healthy food yeah. if uh, black you know black and brown bodies um so a, a a farm to school um program um is you know helps make that gap a little bit smaller by getting good food into the hands of kids that every kid needs it and get it into the hands of kids that may not have much access to it in at home yep so, so. if you want to find out more about that uh it's uh, farm to school.org is the website for the national farm to school network um so you can check that out um let's see what else what else we got to talk about today oh i like the story of um uh this really touched my heart this a trans woman um uh, has an underwear line to uh help lg to help uh transgender women feel safer and uh it's mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is that she has um she had to resort to some drastic measures to conceal her own genitals um and so she has this underwear and swimwear line to help keep trans community safe um and she used in the past she used painful methods like you know tape 
um, and and other other methods to tuck herself, yeah. or her genitals to tuck them so for to be discreet and to have the desired shape. Yeah. Um, and so this is uh, um, just it just um, I hadn't heard of it. I came across it and I'm like, well, of course somebody you know this neat like it's just it reminds me i don't know what i don't know so it was just really good news that um that i saw this and i again reminding me of the uh the discrimination and violence against trans people and this was this is uh trans week trans um we're just closing it up here on today that we're recording on saturday but um national trans awareness week um, and and again, it's, yeah, and it and it also really highlights straight, uh, not just not straight, but cis privilege, right? Yes. Um, yes. You know, it's it's not a thing that I or you as as cis individuals have to worry about, have to think about. Right. Um, you know, um, I don't. So so, yeah, yeah. It's 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 an opportunity to 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 again look at look at those places where we have privilege that we don't that we don't think about um, right and um and a good 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 segue to remind folks about that workshop we're doing from privilege from privilege to power um when, yeah. we, when we talk about when we talk about privilege you know there's the there's the automatic uh not automatic but there's a general assumption that we're talking about racial privilege about white privilege we we all have privilege because we all there's all different um, positions of power in social locations. So yes, as a black man, I don't possess white privilege. However, I am a man. So, you know, in a patriarchal world, I, I have privilege. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a cis man. So there's, there's that privilege as well. Uh, so, so there's a, there's, it, it's a good thing to be made aware of um, as yeah. as well. So you're right. Good, good for her for starting this line. And... Well, she, yeah. She, well, she points to you know. You said the things I don't have to think about. She's you know that um, the woman that created this line of underwear and swimmer. She's six foot one. Wow. So she's she's there's no illusion. She says for when she's you know walking down the street and passes people and they're they're thinking a couple of things. When you see a woman that's six foot one. Um, what goes on unconsciously, unexamined in our culture is, wow, she's tall, you know, um, don't often see women that are six feet tall and, and they look, you know, you kind of get gawked at and how did you get to be so tall? But they, so what happens because there's so few six feet one tall women, um, at least most of the places I don't see six feet tall women walking around. What the next thing we do is you go look for a visible Adam's apple or you look straight at somebody's crotch and you, you know, and so she's, you know, before she created this line of underwear, it was, there was a whole lot of methods to use to, to tuck yourself, you know, to be safe. Um, But even those methods for tucking and to be safe with your genitalia were harmful. So this is I why just... more people need to watch WNBA basketball, because when you watch WNBA basketball, woman over six foot, not an unusual thing. <laughs> right. Yes. You know, but even yeah, I mean, and we mentioned Brittany Griner, but even yeah. when you watch now, she's really she's really tall. Yeah. Um, isn't she close to seven feet tall? Yeah. Um, yeah. But even when even when you look her at her standing next to other people in the news everybody's always asking okay is she transgender you know like they um they just you know and and people look for the physical traits like it can't be real it must be a man and so you start looking and anyway it's really a it was just heartwarming to me because it's such a story about safety yeah. right and and really caring for each other and and me as a cisgender um person i can do better i can pay attention Yes, exactly, and and then find ways you can support uh, movements yes. and businesses and economies like like this. Support support yeah. the non-normative um, businesses. Uh, Britton Griner, by the way, six foot nine. Six so, foot nine. Okay. Yeah, that's that's yeah. very tall. Yes, that is more yeah. than a foot taller than I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's also and the other thing about this this swim the swimwear she makes is is you know i have the problem when i i hate shopping for swimwear because i'm i'm overweight i'm large and um it's ridiculous trying to find even though it's labeled for your size it's not 
you know, it's just, it's like taking a size 10 and just adding more fabric. Like there's no thinking right. around, does this really work? The requirements. Yeah. Um, and so Shape, this is the same thing. All that sort of stuff. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. in making transgender swimwear has different requirements. All right. Um, um, so I'll get off is... my, my horse. No, by my soapbox. By all means, keep, <laughs> keep, keep going. Keep, keep mixing those metaphors. Why not? Um, <laughs> all right. So, um, so please, please um, find out all the ways you can support such organizations. Um, please go to projectsanctus.com to see all that we have going on. I'm ready to put that rooster on the farm to table school network. <laughs> well, if it's any constellation, we can't hardly hear it. <laughs> It, it always takes me, listen, I've been just been here a few days. It always takes me a little while to, you know, transition into allowing, allowing all the beautiful differences. And, <laughs> and a lot of this has to do with the fact that, you know, I'm in a place where the windows are open all the time. In the U.S., it's yeah. like most of the time it's either closed because of heat in or closed because they're running an AC. Um, so I like, you know, open fresh air, which means all the sounds, all the sounds of life are coming in. So it takes well, a while. It's probably, yeah, it's probably a little louder there. <laughs> little is an understatement. And yeah. I'm sleeping with earplugs in and that rooster is still wow. like, because right outside the window, the rooster is in a tree right outside the window. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a whole thing. Yes, roosters uh, well, do you go in trees. Be making a little chicken cacciatore and, and, and the, sometime the in the next few days. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Uh, anyways, uh, please check us out at projectsanctus.com uh, where you can see all the opportunities we have for you going on and you can register for our workshops and our book groups. Um, please pass the word on around about this podcast uh, for folks. Uh, we are on all your favorite um, podcast platforms. And for those who don't know what podcasts are, tell them they can find us online at with love and justice for all dot podbean.com and they can listen on any device they want. Um, I think that's I think that's it. Sign up for Privilege to Power, sign up for talking to your people, join us in the book group. And until next time we meet again. Let's get our holy on. Bye.